0: hello and welcome to the fall in podcast we sure are glad to be here we are just racking up with a ton of content he- hearing from a ton of interesting people and uh, we have another interesting person going to be joining us here today um tammy johnson i do believe a uh, head of the vfw for alabama how you doing tammy
1: i'm doing well how about you guys
0: doing fine i mean glad to have you um you know interesting what big i was telling me that you were going to be coming on here I, I do believe you said you were the first head of the vfw in alabama a female is that correct that's correct now how do i hate to just get right into it but how does that feel for you like uh, does that give you a sense of pride
1: uh yeah it, it does um you know you hear about those glass ceilings and all but you don't hear about them too much nowadays because they've pretty much been busted through but um you know, some things take a little longer. Uh, it it yes, I'm I'm proud and I'm excited and i very thankful to the membership for for voting me in. Um, it's a little scary though. I got to tell you the truth.
0: <laughs> it sounds like it. You, you've actually been involved with them since uh, I think we were talking about it before we kind of got started here since 2008. Is that right?
1: Yes. Um. I've held positions at the post and district level and. Two years ago, um, I was voted in as state junior vice, and then last year I was state senior vice and this year commander.
0: Now, how did you kind of get involved in that? I think we were just, again, we were talking a little bit before we got started that uh, in order to join the VFW at all, to be involved, you have to have seen combat. Is that right?
1: Well, um, yes. You basically have to have been in um, in theater combat zone theater so yeah but to to be honest with you the way that i um became a member is i was going into the commissary because i also happened to be a dependent of a retired um warrant officer and the the commander of the post at the time was sitting there they were doing their buddy poppy drive and um And he said i gave him a donation and and he says oh i'll tell your husband you know that he should join the vfw and and i was like well i don't think my husband qualifies but i do so
0: so yeah that i bet that surprised him quite a bit
1: (laughs) it did because there is a generation gap there really is um i was in i was in from 1990 to 1995 and um the the conflict prior to a uh, desert storm was Vietnam. And you didn't see, you know, women that were like in the front lines or anything. I was probably in that generation where the woman was actually in the front lines. And then I think that was a mistake. That's a funny story within itself, but um, as to how I ended up where I was at, but um, that the Vietnam era of veterans they, they they were used to women being the nurses um but not actually in in combat so it was a generational gap i could have been offended but i wasn't i understood he he just didn't equate me as a combat veteran
0: now what kind of led you to join the military you said you joined in 1990 like uh what mm-hmm. you know because it was a generational thing i mean it was kind of unusual what what made you decide to kind of buck the norms
1: um, I, you know, I was in Junior ROTC in high school, and then um, my senior year, I actually went to Oak Ridge Military Academy. So, uh, ever since ninth grade, I it was going to be military it was going to be my my career. So, and and I credit that to, like I said, the Junior ROTC, which it stands for Junior Reserve Officer Training. So, and then. In college, they have ROTC.
0: Yeah, I was actually in ROTC, but they kicked me out the first year. They thought I was too much of a jokester. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, interesting, I, though. I would have yeah, never gathered that. that. Oh yeah, I'm sure you did gather that, Big Al. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's yeah. interesting, uh, Tammy. If I could just interject, because I also joined it in 1990. So. I guess now that you got drawn to the VFW and you were speaking on that generational gap, are you are you seeing that it's still absent a lot of the uh, people from our generation, if you will?
1: Um, Compared to the Vietnam veterans, yes. Um, we're starting to see a little more because basically um, what you see is that now our generation, the kids are grown, so you're not – doing the football games and, you know, all that. So, so you have a little more free time getting close to that retirement, um, being more secure in, you know, in your life. So we're seeing more. um, And of course with Vietnam veterans, they're getting older. And so we're losing, we're losing a lot of them. So we're starting to see a little more of yours and my generation. um, And, Actually, we're, we're really trying to get the younger generation in so that it doesn't happen the way that it did in, in reference to um, Vietnam veterans, um, you know, passing away and not having anyone to take their place. So um, my big thing for this year is education and mentorship, um, trying to educate and mentor the younger generation so that when those of us get to that age where we're limited in what we can do they're already taken over
0: and can you tell us a little bit about that too cuz i know one thing that always has kind of stood out to me in the you know from a civilian's perspective is vietnam veterans were always seemed like they were the ignored ones like no one ever really uh, paid a lot of attention to them because i mean that that whole war was kind of shrouded in controversy would you say that's true
1: um Yes, back then, not now. Um, there has been a really big push for 10 years or so in um, in welcoming Vietnam veterans back home. That's what, anytime um, I see one and a lot of us see one, we always say, welcome home, um, because they didn't get that. Uh, and I think it's a lot to do with politics and um you know, the Vietnam it was actually conflict. I do, but if my history serves me correct, it never was declared war. So, um, so the the um, World War II veterans, unfortunately, would from from what I'm he- what I've heard, um, they would come to the post and they would say, you, "You're not a um, a war veteran," and so that's sad. It's sad, but. Yeah. To- apparently it happened and every time we do a buddy poppy drive i run into at least one vietnam veteran that is you know i'm not disgruntled but mad and would never even consider joining the vfw because of the the way that they were treated when they um tried to enter a post
0: yeah that goes back into the generational thing
2: yeah can I ask you a question real quick? Two questions, actually, and you can expound on these as you please. Uh, does the VFW do? For those people who are listening that have no clue, what does it do? And also, if you could also explain the Buddy Pop- Poppy Drive as well, please.
1: Okay. Um, so, the Buddy Poppies, um, so they're assembled by disabled veterans, and the VFW, you know, pays – these um, veterans money. So there's one aspect that um, that the VFW is employing other veterans. Um, and then also with the Buddy Poppies, uh, we distribute them. Uh, you'll hear um, the older generation say we're selling them. We don't sell them. We distribute them and people donate. Um, there's no like, give us a dollar, we give you a Buddy Poppy kind of thing, you know, we, we distribute them for free. Um, and then if someone chooses to donate, they donate. That money is actually earmarked um, in what we call the relief fund. There's only certain things that we can um, disperse that money to, and that includes um, helping veterans, uh, their families, and remembering past veterans as well as our, our programs, we have some wonderful programs that a lot of people don't even know about. We have youth scholarships, and we honor teachers and first responders, um, along with the scouts. So um, there's there's two scholarship opportunities, um, for one for middle school, one for high school. And the high school one, um, so the middle school one is called Patriot's Pen, uh, it's a written essay um, and the VFW national uh, chooses that topic each year and it changes each year and voice of democracy is your high school um, with voice of democracy. Uh, if the student wins first place national level, they get $30,000 and that doesn't even, you know, take in um, account the money that they uh are awarded in each step, so it starts at the post level, goes to district, and then department, and then to national, and uh, and they get all kinds of things. I know there was one year where they got computers from Dell, um, every single one of them in every state, and we also have Europe and Asia, um, every one of those students got a new computer, so... And they get to go to DC. They haven't in the past three years, but I think they're going to start that back up uh, this coming year. That I think those that was winners. A of COVID. Yes, yes. Um, COVID shut us down a lot, but um, so so. My point is, is Buddy Poppy's whatever we um, get in donations during Buddy Poppy Drive, that money is actually earmarked for certain things. And by bylaws, we can only use it for those um, designated things. As far as what else the VFW does um, for veterans, my stars, I can go on for days because I'm actually the Department of Alabama's uh, legislative chairman as well. So twice a year, we talk to our elected representatives in D.C., the national representatives, so um, congressmen and senators, Um, and we... We talk about um, pieces of legislation that is geared towards veterans, service members and their families, uh, as well as even ideas uh, of proposed legislation. So I like to, um, a lot of, uh, any veteran will know, have you heard of the GI Bill? And the answer is yes. Well, thank the VFW because they pushed that. The PACT Act that just passed, we've been working on that for like three years now um, and, and telling Congress that we need to do something better because each year we're going in front of them to um, four Vietnam veterans basically, um, asking them to add these presumptive conditions to the NDAA. And that was an every year thing and not all of them got on there. But we were like, there's got to be something better because we're losing Vietnam veterans left and right. And these people are sick because of their service. So um, the PACT Act is just, that was like a major win for all veterans because not only does it concern the past veterans, current service members, but future as well. So, um because you know when we take the oath you know they're promising to to release us back the way they got us um and of course as a veteran al you know that you know it's rough on the body rough on the mind too
2: yeah that's what I, i tell a lot of guys because a lot of Individuals don't want to look at themselves as even remotely disabled, but and I say this all the time, no one gets out the military better than they were when they went in. I mean, it just mm-hmm. doesn't—it doesn't happen.
1: No, and and as and as a veteran, it, you'll understand this. Um, maybe not so much in the civilian world, but there is a stigma that you don't want to attach it. It's um, when you're filing a VA claim, uh, I would be a prime example. Well, it doesn't say that you had that done in, in the ser- it, while you were serving. It's like, yeah, because you sucked it up and moved along. I mean, very rarely did I go to sick call. Um, you know, there was a mission that had to be completed, and I was part of that mission. So, yeah, you just sucked it up. Um and, and that's and you also find that in the mental health issue you don't want to be stigmatized and I gotta tell you I did not seek um, mental health until about three years ago I didn't even realize I had PTSD I thought that I was just a mad person um it is like the best thing that I ever did for myself so um yeah and and I think we've We've come a long ways in, in getting rid of that, quote, stigma.
0: Yeah, because I think in the military, I think that that's probably pretty prevalent. Pre- prevalent, I, should, I can't talk today. Uh, but uh, it's probably pretty prevalent Prevalent that uh, people do kind of like not don't want to go to the doctor, don't want to do that. They don't want to be a bother, you know, any kind of don't want to make waves because, you know, you, you're not supposed to make waves in the military. Is that right?
1: Well, you you, you don't want to be viewed as weak.
0: Yeah, OK. Yeah. So,
1: and and that would, that would be a weakness. Um, and not only that, then then you're viewed as being broken. And uh, so yeah, you don't want, you know, like not what, useful. Well, yeah, and and not crazy. Um, yeah, and you just don't want that again. What, what more? What other career would you have to have? to be considered as courageous as a service member. Um, so you definitely don't want to seem weak um, because you're only as strong as your weakest link and you don't want to be that weak link. So it, it, it's a stigma plus, you know, when you get put on certain drugs and, and I'll be honest, I'm unmedicated I'm um, and, and it, it has helped I'm tremendously. I'm um, heavily medicated yeah, well I didn't want to say heavily but I am too um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that limits you on some of the jobs that that you can have because if you're taking certain kinds of medication then they raise their
0: yeah and you can't um, operate heavy machinery and things of that nature because it could be dangerous
1: mm-hmm. yeah so um, you know? there's a lot of reasons why um, people don't seek Um, mental health. But I tell you what, everyone I talk to, it is literally the best thing I have ever done for myself. Um, I regret not doing it sooner because I think I missed out on a lot of things. There's a lot of things that go along with PTSD. One of them is a lack of memory. um, But I also have two children. So I, you know, I go back and I think, oh, my goodness, I blew up a lot. Um, so I have my regrets. Um, I just encourage everyone: if you're having issues, seek help. Just seek help. And and one of the things that that the VFW really pushes hard is suicide prevention. I mean, you want to talk about an epidemic when you have an average of 22 a day. And and listen, that number um,
0: in just Alabama? At,
1: no, no, that's that's no, all. that's
0: across the board. Okay. That's
1: across the board. Um, but when you and And now the number is like 17.6 or something, but I have to push out. And this is another thing that we've pushed at the legislative level is more legislation that, you know, will focus in on, on suicides because it's not just one thing. So when I quote that number and I actually have 22 tattooed on my forum, um, as a reminder, um, and, and, and on the other forearm, a semicolon with I-G-Y-6, which semicolon means a, a cause. Um, the semicolon is teal, and that's, um, that signifies uh, suicide. And then I-G-Y-6 means I got your back, because six is your back. Um, so when I quote those numbers, 17.6 or 22, I also explain that there are many more than that. Um, That aren't classified as suicides, let's just say that they were driving drunk and and died in a car accident. That's not going to be classified as suicide attached to PTSD. But if you look at it, Mm -hmm. this is a veteran who is self medicating, got behind a car. So, really, in our lives, in our veteran lives, that's suicide. So, um, and then other factors. Yes,
2: yes. And, and I just want to say this, too, because a lot of people were, were fixated on that 22 a day. And, and just to, to go out and, and hit your point, it's more than that. That's just what have actually been seen and diagnosed. The next thing is those numbers yes. are going to go down, guys, because there's only so many of us. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, you, you got to think about that as well. It's a little bit more. We gotta really start to look at how we're affecting that number. You know what I mean? Are we really making a dent in it or are we just killing ourselves off at a faster rate?
1: Oh yeah. I one hundred percent agree with, with that view. Um, you know, we it is an epidemic and and you know, so, so I equate the Vietnam veterans and your um your Afghanistan and second Iraq veterans kind of the same. Because they have this problem of not knowing who the enemy was. It could be that little kid. It could be that um, woman. It could be that man with a gun. Um, So I equate it to that. Here's the difference. Um, Vietnam, you served one tour, unless you, you know, decided you were going to do more than that. In Afghanistan and Iraq, you're talking about multiple deployments. So I call it battlefield fatigue, but at a certain point you get to that um, level where you have to be there. That's your purpose. You have to be there. So when you're not there, you're dealing with that mentally. You feel like you're letting your your brothers and sisters down, Um, but you have this family over here. And so you're torn in that way, but then you go in multiple tours. And typically a tour is a little less than a year. Think about that. If you have six tours, you have almost six years in a combat zone, not knowing. You don't know what's coming next. You don't know what's around that corner. You're on high alert 24-7. So think about what that does to your your mental state. Um, and, and it's no wonder that that we're having the suicide rate that we have because there's a lack of treatment a lack of understanding um because again you know how many times has in in our country's lifespan have our military served multiple times in a combat zone to this level so a a lot more needs to be done And, and research help i mean just completely across the board and that's one of the things that the VFW does, and and I don't want to call it lobbying, because we don't lobby. We go in and we hold our elected representatives, um, you know, we hold them accountable. Listen, we put you in here and you're supposed to take care of us. Um, We're in existence. The the Veterans of Foreign Wars is in existence because of the Spanish-American War. Um, Those people came back and no one would take care of them. And they said, I tell you what, we'll take care of ourselves. For the oldest combat um, organization, combat veteran organization in this country.
0: That's very interesting. That you know, I mean, so it's, it's been a problem since I'd say even the beginning with Spanish-American the War. When was that? That was 1800s, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when when you're not taking care of those that are um, preserving your freedoms. Yeah.
0: He definitely uh, that should be uh, one of the you know priorities for a lot of people out there. I, I think that it's out of sight, out of mind for us in the civilian you know population mm-hmm. to where we just don't see it, you know. And,
1: and, that's, and that's another.
2: That's another go ahead. Well, I should say another reason that it doesn't get the attention that that it should get uh, is because at the senior level, we don't talk about this. And and what mm-hmm. I mean when I say that, you know, as a first start, when I the only thing I wanted my guys to say when I asked them was, a question was "good to go, good to go, top," and and mm-hmm. because that's the answer I'm going to give my boss. So when we get out, it's almost like we're pre-programmed to be good to go. And so I would tell guys sometimes it's okay to not be okay. You know, you you have to right. you have to assess yourself, man. And and that's how I ended up going to get help.
1: Oh yeah, I mean definitely. Again, it goes back to, you know, there's a mission. You can't complete that mission if you're worried about yourself. You you need to worry about your brothers and sisters back, um, and you know that's how you stay alive. Um, so yeah, it's a tip for tech kind of thing. Um, yeah, but you're right. Um, see, you know, you guys at the senior level are responsible for completing this mission. It ultimately falls on your desk if it's not completed so yeah you you know let me me hear you say we got this
2: (laughs) yeah we got it i mean that's it we got this
0: i think that's just like anything though nobody wants to hear negative news or have to deal with a problem you know well yeah you know we
2: are the calvary though you know what i mean there's no Mm -hmm. one coming to to rescue us so we have to get it done
1: exactly exactly that's that's a great that's a great viewpoint i'm gonna have to use that one but the VFW does so much for veterans, um, and we have so much. I mean, like I was telling you guys, um, post, district, and department level, and then you have national. So you have a total of four levels. Post level um, focuses in on on their community, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be out in the community, and one of our hashtags is hashtag still serving. Um, we, you know, we're still serving, we're serving our communities, we're serving our brothers and sisters and their families, because we're all one big family. And that's one thing that um, I feel sorry for civilians. They don't know that camaraderie. They don't understand that. um, While our military is huge, the community to us is very small. Um, You're talking about 1% to 3% of um, our population serves. Um, so in relativity, it is small, and um, you know what we can, we can pick at each other the different, uh, the different ones. Like we, we pick on Air Force a lot, um, but I would, I would say that they're the smartest. <laughs> but um, anyways, we same pay, right? Our, yeah, we can pick on our own, but by golly, don't let someone else come in and try to do that because then we stand. We stand as a force then. So. Oh, yeah, it, it, I get
0: it. I kind of get it because, I mean, it's just like if someone was picking on my sister at school, I'm going to stand up for her. But at home, mm-hmm. I'm going to be picking on her just as hard, you know? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. If not harder. Oh, we, we we are relentless to each other. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. The, the any, Arabs, sh-
1: any shot we can take. It's, it, it, you hear shots fired all the time. Shots fired. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. The Arabs have a saying that translates. It says, me and my brother against the cousin. Me, my brother, and my cousin against a stranger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And that's how we are. Yeah. Branches of service towards each other. You know, we brass each other internally, but but there shall be no other that shall do that.
1: That's right. Exactly. Don't don't step into this arena. Um, <laughs> this is this is strict for us. Um. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I I joined. The VFW, um, I had been out for, uh, geez, I so I got ripped. And what that means is reduction in force um, when Clinton took over. Because again, I told you guys earlier, military was gonna be my career. Well, it didn't turn out that way um, because after the Gulf War, um, Operation Desert Storm, um, they just started reducing forces, kind of what they, they do it every time when there's no longer a war going on, they reduce the, the ranks. Well, I was one of those, so I didn't get to live my dream. So, you know, you miss that. You just, you miss it. Is it a hard life? It, it's an extremely hard life. But when you don't have that anymore, you just miss it. And and that's one of the main reasons why I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do the BFW because, they're my brothers and sisters. That's what I've been missing. Even though I was um, a spouse of a, a soldier, it, it's just not the same. They have their own little camaraderie going on, too. But, I mean, for me, I I missed my brothers and sisters. So well, now I've I spent a lot of time with them.
2: Could I ask you, what what was your job in the military?
1: I was flight ops. They don't even have 93 that MOS anymore.
2: 93 oh papas?
1: you know. Ninety three papa. A lot of people have no clue because they're too young. Um, well, they yeah. don't have that anymore. So
2: Yep. Very familiar with our papas. Yeah. I would say uh,
0: so uh, you said flying, so so dealing with uh, aviation, is that right?
1: Yes, yes. And and that's the funny story, like I was saying earlier, um I get to so I went to Saudi straight out of AIT. I was attached. Um, I, we had drill sergeants. There was a total of, I think, 11 or 12 of us that were graduating from AIT. And we had drill sergeants standing over us telling us, you know, what we could pack to go. And they had a list. And um, we got to Fort Jackson to zero in our weapons um, that will, would be issued to us. And it was snowing in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And, wow. and as you can imagine, winter BDUs in a field jacket was not on that list. So we're standing out there in summer BDUs freezing our patooties off trying to zero in <laughs> our weapons it was just mind-boggling so um you know and then when we got into theater we were you know dispersed so uh in attached to different units and now first all, you know this is going to sound crazy but you can you you will know that it happens i am the one that's left on this deuce and a half that's taken us to all these different units and i was the farthest away and um, it took us two days to get me to where I was going to be, and I get there and I'm with the First Aviation First Infantry Division, and that just wasn't heard of at that time—a a female in an infantry unit. Um,
2: Absolutely.
1: But there you go. They they had a couple, but they, um, I think there were a total of four of us when I got there. Um, they, they were with that unit at Fort Riley. Um, I don't know how they got assigned there or whatever, but um, I, I want to say they were adminers. Uh, there was one that was a 93 Papa, um, but that was it. And so I'm like, how in the, well, how in the world did I get here? Um, turns out they thought my name was Tommy.
0: Not <laughs> oh, oh, when wow. I was joining this when I was joining this discord here I thought I thought it said Tommy too for a second <laughs>
1: yeah see um
0: <laughs> I did I've, I've been look listening at my, to you. my
1: gender.
2: Yeah, I've been listening to your story and my mouth has been like agape the whole time because, you know, I was, you know, we were both going through this at about the same time. So I could only imagine you just coming into the military as a private, you know, and then General Sergeant to St- And yeah, wow, that is a tremendous story. <laughs> that, that's amazing. 18.
1: I mean, you know, I turned 19 in the desert. Um, so I've got some really funny stories about those and really scary ones um and i am a, because of my experience uh, i i know I'm, i would get some flack with this if we had phone calls and stuff but i'm a firm believer that i don't believe women should serve with men in a combat zone there are just some things that that would have that need to be addressed and there's no way that you'd ever be able to solve certain problems um so you can, you can only imagine 1st Sergeant, you know, 18-year-old. Um, I, I I'm not a looker now, but I think I was a looker then. But, you know, it, it, just, it, it just brought some issues um, that I, you, I don't think you can solve. And, again, we're, we're biological beings, and um, biologically men are the protectors. And, and so, in my opinion, and it's strictly mine, I'll, I'll admit it, You know, there's too much protection, and you don't. I think you lose some of your your common sense when your biology kicks in. So, um, yeah, that's a whole another podcast we can get into. My, I mean,
0: I think we need to have a part two. This is some interesting stuff here. Well, you know, I'll just I'll I'll say this.
2: My last deployment to Afghanistan, I I had roughly I had 18 uh, female soldiers, so I totally understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah. And I'm not saying they can't do the job because, you know, I did my job. I did it good too. Um, was, it could be a distraction. Yes. I'm, I was the soldier soldier. You didn't get more hooah than me. You just didn't. I mean, I was bred for that. And um, ending graduating from a, a military academy that I volunteered for. My parents didn't send me there because I was a messed up child. Um, and, You know, so I was the hula hua, and, you know, there's just issues that you... There's no way you're ever going to solve them. I mean, you can try, but no. What are some of those
0: issues, if you don't mind kind of elaborating on it?
1: Well, you know, you have men and women. You have those issues. And and then also, it goes deeper, what I was saying. You know, men biologically are the protectors, but it's in in their system, you know. And so they're they do stupid stuff that you wouldn't normally do um, to try to protect the female. Um and,
2: and furthermore, okay. to that point you don't even in the dynamic of this is it's crazy because like Tammy's saying, you you don't understand who's doing who or whatever. Uh, so you don't see that level of protection. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It, a lot of times it's it's uh, clandestine and you just, it's, it's weird, but I totally get what she's saying and mm-hmm. people are going to risk certain things and do certain things when you don't expect it because you will never connect at that dot. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, especially when they're, they're in that
1: kind bad of, things. I mean, say again, there's bad things too. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, and we won't get into all that, because we're yep, really going to touch it.
0: We'll <laughs> open at some channels. point, I'd like to talk about a little bit of the negative things that would probably, you know. But, I mean, that that could come at a later time, whenever, you know. Well, well Tammy, would you consider
2: coming back and, and actually doing a part two to this with us?
1: Sure. Um, I have to be careful, though, that I don't attach um, my views to the, the veterans of foreign wars. Um, you know, I, that's why... I, Strictly say, hey, those are my views. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: I'm just saying um, it's und- been a joy to talk to you, and you've you've added <laughs> so such a tremendous perspective. And I think our viewers are definitely gonna gonna eat this up as well. You know, so or our listeners, I should say, but so yeah, I definitely would just go ahead out of the straight out of the gate and and offer you that maybe we could definitely get together and do you know a, a follow up to this kind of around the campfire with VFW Tammy.
1: yeah i'm i'm hey i'm game
2: now what are we called, the commander of the vfw because i definitely don't want to go around calling you by your first name is it
1: no i'm i'm one of those that i just you know call me tammy um we're a volunteer organization uh you know i'm a volunteer just like anyone else i you know i'm just the crazy one that said yeah i'll do it
2: (laughs) We appreciate it because honestly, people don't understand this. If it weren't for people like you stepping in and and giving of yourself like this, this organization it, it's it's not going to flourish. It, it's actually it's it's going to start to take on water. So we really got to impress upon all veterans of foreign wars to get involved with their local VFW because you know it's, okay. it's really it's time for us to take our seat at the table.
1: Yeah, we're um we we are taking water. Um, and, and when I talk about the VFW, I, I, I'm constantly telling people, listen, um, this was our table. We created this table. We, so, in other words, we used to sit at the head of the table at some point. Don't know when. Well, I have an idea of when, but we won't discuss that either. Um, we got up from the head, and, and we left, and now we're back, and we're just sitting at the table. No, it's time for us to take our table back. Because we've been around for a very long time, our accomplishments are um, three, three and a half pages, three or three and a half pages long, um, in reference to legislation and and having legislation that helps veterans, service members, and their families. As a matter of fact, just recently, you know, we're advocating for um, service members and and their families in in on house um on post housing which has been really bad so um we've done a lot and we continue to do a lot it's just that it's not known and there's a lot of wonderful other veteran organizations out there but um if we're doing our job then there really wouldn't be a need so it's time for us to to pick up and and you know we're some of us are tired we've been doing this for a long time and those vietnam veterans are who i'm talking about and they're getting up there in age. And so you're right. It's time for us to to take over and and pick up the, the um, torch and carry this organization forward like it always has been. So, yes, we need members. <laughs> There's my recruitment speech. We need members. We need active members. I mean, we do have, like in my post, we have over, um, I think we're past 180. I'm a small... My post is a small post, but there's a handful of us that are active. Um, so, you know, we need active members that's going to help uh, with those those activities that we do in the community, um, the Buddy Poppy Drive that gets us out there and recognized. And, and a lot of the young, uh, well, I say even our generation, for start sure, that... Just call me know, Big they- Al. <laughs> okay, Big Al. <laughs> Even in our generation, they don't know what a buddy poppy is. They don't know what the BFW is. And um, But I can tell you one thing. Little old ladies, oh, man. Oh, my husband was in. And, you know, they're the first to come to us at the PX and commissary and give a donation every single time.
0: That's amazing. Um,
1: they, yeah, because they know. They grew up with that. Um, and, and a lot of people grew up. With their parents in the VFW. So we just need to get that back because we do a lot. We do a lot of good things.
0: Yeah, I just think a lot of people just don't know, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, could, maybe you can give us some uh, maybe some websites that uh, people can go to, you know, to maybe find those resources if you're a veteran that is in need.
2: Yeah. We'll put those in the link uh, on the, on the podcast also. So that way she doesn't have to rattle them all off, but I think, you know, (laughs) it's it's time to fall in is what she's saying, y'all. Yes. Yes. Well, the,
1: the websites are easy. Um, VFW.org is the national website. Um, The department's website is VFWAL.org. And, especially on the national website you can find a post near you so even those that aren't in alabama that may hear this podcast um we have posts everywhere to include asia and europe so um we're out there
0: that's definitely great love all the stories you've been telling us here and can't wait for part two for sure I mean because I think we're going to get in even further because I mean it seems like our part twos are kind of on a roll here our part twos are even more interesting than the part ones because we get a little <laughs> bit more casual and it's just more story time right Big Al?
2: Yeah just those stories around the campfire because you know as, as often as we want to be informative, we still have to be entertaining because that's what's going to make people listen to the podcast, and that's what's going to bring people to the VFW. A lot of people are still under that that same old baddage that well, all I'm going to do if all I'm going to see if I go down to the VFW are a bunch of old dudes sitting around drinking, and you know it's not that at all. I'll, it's drinking,
1: it's drinking, drink smoking, and telling war stories.
0: That sounds like a perfect time for me. I'd love to sit there and listen to that, and maybe have me a beer while I'm doing it. (laughs) That's the stigma. (laughs) I can't get in. I know.
1: (laughs) Um. Yeah. That's that's the stigma. And did we earn it? I don't know. Um. I'm. You know. I'm a veteran. I'm just going to be honest. We probably did. Um, but we're a lot more than that now. And and two years ago, I worked with the, the department commander at the time who is, um, I took a picture of a, a couple of women, um, different races. And, and I took this picture and his motto was, we're not just your grandfather's VFW. Um, you know, we... We're out there doing things for our community, so and and people need to know that.
0: Like y'all modernized, because I mean, when you think VFW, you do think kind of like a bunch of old men. I think that is true.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because women would not have been uh, qualified to join in the past. Now they are.
2: Yeah, and rightfully so. You're the commander. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's you made
1: awesome. it. <laughs> I'm the commander, and when other people like you say that, it it, it you know. I, I, I've got a big smile on my face because it, it is an accomplishment. Um, there's only 52 others this year that can say that they're the department commander. So it, it's a, definitely a handful elite group. Um, so, yes, I'm very proud and very honored that my comrades, um, they entrust me to this position. Um, but there's many more to come. Um, There were many more before me, so um, we just got to get this organization um, recognized out in the community so that um, veterans who are in need, that's another thing. Um, You don't have to be a combat veteran or a VFW member if you are a combat veteran. We have two paid service officers at department level, and they will help you file your claim, your VA claim. Um, we just had a, a woman whose husband passed away. We helped her by, you know, getting her information um, to receive the benefits and what, how she needs to report and what she needs to do to have him buried at a um, national cemetery. So, um, again, we, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a combat veteran or a VFW member. We help all veterans, service members, and their families. Um, You know, sometimes they have time, you know, hard times paying their bills. We have money for that Um, at a national level. And post that is one of the things that we can use our um, buddy poppy money for, which is called the relief fund. You know, if a veteran's in need, then post can help them out. So, you know, we're family and that's you know, that doesn't ever stop.
2: Man, that's awesome. And and I thank you so much for, for being here with us today, because well,
1: thank you, you for having me.
2: Yeah. You shed so much light that, that I think that it, you're, you're going to have to do a part two. I know, uh, once we do actually get this posted, I, I can only imagine
0: the kind of questions that are going to come your way.
1: Well, I would be honored.
0: Yeah. I think we need to institute at some point and maybe a uh, Q and a session where we take comments from, uh, Maybe the, the part one or something there, Big Al. That could be an idea we've kinda of put into uh into works.
1: We'd love that.
0: But uh we definitely appreciate your time and uh I hope hopefully we get to talk to you real again really soon, uh, Commander Tammy. <laughs> I feel I don't know if I I don't wanna <laughs> but you said you're calling cool no, Tammy, so
1: <laughs> I am. By all means, please call me Tammy.
0: Well we I'm gonna good start calling Big Al first sergeant now. I'm like first sergeant yeah.
2: Okay, no, you're good. But we are going to wrap this up and appreciate your time. But before we let you go, I mean, this is something that we do. Who who you, who would you like to give a shout out to?
1: Um, my family. Uh, they are the reason why I'm here. I already told you guys. My husband's retired uh, soldier. He was a Blackhawk pilot. And by the way, he just retired from a civilian job last Friday. Woohoo! So a new chapter for both of us. Yeah, he's done. He done. <laughs> That's yeah, what yeah. I say. He, he done. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm happy for him on that, and it's going to be a new chapter for us. Um, I have a daughter in Tampa. She just uh, got out of the army, um, and then my son is here in in our area, and he's actually Air Force Reserve. Been been in there for, um, jeez, I think it's ten years. I signed for him when he was seventeen. Um because I homeschooled and so he graduated at seventeen. So I signed for him uh seventeen and he just got back from deployment and he is now a VFW member and also our webmaster. So um yeah. Um so I shout out to my family and and of course my extended family, my military family, and my friends because uh they are the reason why I get out of bed.
2: Well that is so awesome, and I'm I'm telling you we're, we're, they're going to eat this up, so I, I hope that you are definitely uh, going to come back and talk to us because I, I've got a hundred more questions to ask. Thank, <laughs> thank your family and thank your husband, especially for his service on both sides, uh, and thank you because I understand the uh, the challenges that it can be being a uh, you know being double duty, if you will. You've been on both mm-hmm. sides, both sides of yes. the street, so you understand that.
1: Yes. Oh, and by the way, my husband now does qualify, and he's in the VFW. He's actually the post commander this year. That's been very interesting.
2: Uh, that is, because he kind of <laughs> works is just for you.
1: One, one thing that I find hilarious, I gotta tell you guys this before I go. Um, the first couple of post meetings, um, I, I, work, I work two jobs. Uh, I work retail, but I'm also a realtor. Um, so a lot of times we don't ride together, so I go in and and he's like, hey, honey, hey, sweetie. And I'm like, no, not here, not here. <laughs> it's funny.
2: That is funny. He, Don't call yeah, me sweetie at work.
1: Better. He's got better, me again, I'm A- always like... <laughs> you know the pet names. No, honey, you can't call me that in the post-meeting. But thank oh, you, yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> but no. So, okay, guys. Well, I guess what I have to do, I have to get ready to go to work, so... Yay, me.
0: All right. Well, we definitely appreciate your service and we appreciate you talking with us here uh, this evening. We'll definitely link up again and uh, we'll, we can't wait for part two. Thanks for your time.
1: Perfect. Thank you for having me, guys.